0: We're joined this morning by Katiana Azman, who's a child psychologist. Uh, This is our segment called Growing Pains. It is a parenting segment. But today, we would like to speak about the mental state of our children being stuck at home for so long. You know, as parents, sometimes we sort of inundate our kids with lots and lots of extracurricular activities to keep them occupied. But now, suddenly... They have nothing. All children, they're stuck at home. They cannot even go out of their homes because of this pandemic. And it seems like some kids and also, of course, some parents are taking it better than others. (laughs) Uh, Is there an answer to why this is so, Katiana?
1: Well, I think there's a there's a lot of factors to consider. Um, one of the things is also the fact of what kind of looking at what their schedule was like beforehand, right? Um, some children from a personality perspective are just not very outdoorsy, very kind of outgoing. You know, they kind of prefer to do quiet things by themselves. And so personality is definitely something that we've seen. Um, Determine whether there are kids who are um, adjusting to the lockdown situation better than others, right? So, of course, the ones who were very much outside doing things outdoors, hiking, swimming, and all that, were very much affected. Um, but the kids who kind of normally did arts and crafts and who were kind of into video games, those they they took to the situation like a fish to water. Yeah. Um, in fact, parents were coming to me telling me that they felt their kids were handling it better than the parents themselves. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's definitely those factors to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also I give a lot of credit to parents who... Um made sure or tried really hard to ensure that normalcy was maintained as much as possible especially during the initial MCO phases so they were doing things with their kids and they were finding ways to kind of keep their kids engaged in the household Um, and I think that really helped with regards to introducing this new normal setup to the kids because I, 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 I truly feel that if the parents are kind of taking it or at least portraying it as being something that they're adjusting to well, kids will kids will respond a lot better as compared to if parents were feeling cagey themselves. Mm. Um, one of the things I often tell uh, parents is that you're kind of like the pilots and the kids are the passengers. And so if we saw our pilots run out of the cockpit screaming, even without knowing oh, what right, yeah. the situation is, we'd start freaking out. Correct. Um, so I feel like that's very much what it's like with kids. And so if parents have kind of taken to it and are just like, yeah, happy to work from home and happy to spend time with the kids, the kids, the kids responded really well as well.
0: But is, is staying at home for an extended period of time bad for the mental health of our children? I mean, I've heard of children breaking down and having meltdowns yeah. because they cannot go out of their house.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely seeing an increase of that. Um, what we do know from research and from what psychology has told us is that isolation is no good for people, right? So I wouldn't go so far as saying it's because they're being locked in their homes, but more that they're being disconnected from the things that they're normally enjoying, so their friends, their activities, or school. So isolation, whether it's for a child or an adult, are is pretty much what I call breeding ground pretty much prime conditions for the development of behavior issues. Um, and in more severe form, things like anxiety and depression, um, we're very social creatures as human beings. So these conditions having to be initially locked in, not being able to go outside, that was really bad to um, the mental health of individuals. Um, I think we were seeing a lot less of the mood-related things with children and more behavior problems um, because their routine was affected. So, you know, they didn't really, you know, because of how old they were as well, They a lot of them probably didn't really understand what's really going on outside. You know, So the, the concept and the gravity of the pandemic Pandemic hasn't really occurred to them because of their level of development so they probably think they're being locked indoors for fun you know like you know mommy and daddy just won't let me go out won't let me play with my friends um and so that's kind of where a lot of the behavior problems were coming from so definitely something that was not great right again the in the parents who made an effort to ensure that normalcy was maintained that routine was maintained um we do you know our, it's kind of the gold standard that's kind of seeing like the, the kids who had those types of environments were responding better mm-hmm. and kind of what we are um as clinicians advising parents to do during this time mm-hmm. um, but you know definitely the kids kids were not taking to it so well in the initial phases being locked indoors definitely not
2: actually though uh, you actually mentioned that Kids were not allowed to because they're under lockdown and then they they didn't get to have their regular routine of meeting with their friends and everything. So those are kids who are slightly older. What if kids Mm. are so young and then this is all they know and Mm. they've just been been with their parents. And then after that, they have to integrate into society, let's just say, when they're older. But all they know is lockdown. Is that another issue as well?
1: Absolutely. So you will probably see, you know, and this is something I've also heard a lot of parents whose younger children who were not maybe enrolled in school full time when the lockdown happened, the kids didn't even notice, you know, because they were spending most of their time at home. And and of course, so in the initial phases, you probably get very little, um, you know, issues or resistance. But like you said, as they grow older, if the situation has not changed, right, because we don't really know when our lives or if our lives are going to go 100% back to what it was before, you're going to then have an issue where you might see a trend of young people who don't really know how to have social interactions and who don't really know, uh, who might not like being outdoors or doing outdoor things. So that's definitely a concern that we're going to have to look for in the future. Mm. Um, but, you know, but yeah, absolutely. The kids who, who don't normally go outside were perfectly fine. They, they don't really see the difference. <laughs> yeah. And then I
0: have a mom with a four year old who has been yeah. crying to go out. Yeah. Poor little girl. And the mom's yeah. like, I don't know what to do. Should I organize a small play date for her? Like, what is she yeah. craving? I'm, I'm not yeah. sure whether she's uh, crying because she just wants to get out of the house or does she crave the The interaction with her friends at kindergarten or at school. Do kids get cabin fever? Of course, I think. I
1: think they do. And like I said, again, if you're used to doing things outside, if you're used to having playdates... Um, if these things are normally things that your kid would have access to, definitely you'd get cabin fever if you're just going to be at home, especially when you have families where kids don't have siblings, Mm. um, and they're kind of just by themselves with mom and dad and mom and dad are working. um, It's definitely, you know, definitely an issue for the younger ones. So, um, if, you're, if your kid's not having the best time and is kind of mis, not misbehaving but reacting to the fact that they're not able to go outside, I would, again, first find out kind of what's the issue, right? Yeah. So... You could have conversation, even if your child is four, in a very playful manner. You could have conversations with your kids and say, "You know, mommy noticed that you've been really sad lately. Do you want to tell mommy why? You know, something like that." Mm-hmm. Um, and if they say, "You know, I miss my friends," or um, "I miss having you know breakfast at that her favorite breakfast place," or something like that, then you can kind of get direction on how to address it right? So if it is that she misses her friends, you could organize a play date. You could do, you know, video conferences like this with the kids on a on a scheduled sort of roster. So the kids are still engaging, not the same thing, but at least, you know, at four years old, their level of focus is not that advanced to begin with. Mm. So you could really get away with a lot in terms of having activities that they could engage in, but it's good to find out what's the function of the behavior? So why are they kind of getting upset and then going from there?
0: Yeah. Now, there's this very interesting article that I read and the education minister in the UK actually said that school-going children, they stand to lose more by staying away from school. So the question here is... Will they actually lose mental capacity? These are school-going children, uh, mm. as well as suffer from like mental disorders if we continue to keep our children away from school.
1: I, you know, the the thing that we've also been discussing a lot since the lockdown was sort of the implications of uh, online school or homeschooling for all these kids, right? Um, and I think that there is a lot that kids lose. A lot that kids miss out on when they're not in physical school. They might be doing the same syllabus and the same amount of homework, but they lose on the interaction and the engagement that comes with being in school. And at that level of development, kids learn the most from other kids. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I do feel a lot of parents are reporting that their kids are experiencing a lot more fatigue, a lot more, you know, loss of motivation. Um, but they're still sticking to the same syllabus. They're still seeing their friends on on the sort of whatever platform they're using. And so, you know, one of the things that, you know, and I also, you know, read an article previously about this, where they said that, you know, we don't actually calculate the fact that kids get to move from classroom to classroom when they're at school. They get to have conversations with friends. There are recess and break times and things like that, which not very many parents who are trying to homeschool their kids right now are actually factoring in. The kids are often stuck in front of a screen for the entire duration of online school. So, they are, to me, I don't feel they're losing as much from an academic perspective. What I would say from that regard are maybe some children who have less attention spans, less focus than other children are starting to fall through the cracks because you've seen all of the memes on the internet about kids finding a way to make it look like they're paying attention, yeah. but they're not. Um <laughs> Um, I actually had a client of mine recently when we did a video call where he changed his display name to reconnecting, so that it look, you know, so that it looked like he, you know there was a problem, but he was right there, you know. Um, so I think That's that there very are lot, smart it is, but I caught him because he spelt reconnecting wrong. <laughs> so I was like, I'm pretty sure. Um, so you know, kids are very, very innovative, and so they will find a way to kind of you know navigate around it. So. Um, I think in that regard, you might lose the ability to really monitor which kids are kind of staying on top of things. The kids with learning disabilities will really struggle with the online school system. Mm. So. Um, you know and in that regard you might lose you might lose in terms of academics but not as much in my opinion as what you would lose from the social development side Mm -hmm. so you know the ability to learn how to have conversations with peers the ability to know what is socially acceptable um, the isolation like I mentioned just now um, is something that does science or research-wise tell us encourages the development of Mood disorders, so there are a lot of factors that we're seeing now that put um, kids at a higher risk than before. Um, but, but yeah, we're kind of you know keeping an eye on everyone and just trying to see whether the trend does you know does manifest itself. It's not an exact science, but I think for me, I'm more concerned about the social impact and the emotional impact rather than the academic one.
0: So, are you saying that we should be more worried about our children's mental health at this point rather than their Physical health, and if school reopens, would you advise parents to just send their kids back to school?
1: I think definitely. I'm, I mean, I'm, I've been doing that also already, like advising parents to really pay attention to their kids' mental health and their kids' mood. Um, because, you know, there, there have been, especially if your children are, you know, teenagers and slightly older, this has been a complete upheaval of their usual routine. Mm. Um, and so, you know, and going back again to their level of neurological development the events that we've had to undergo recently are stuff that their growing brains are probably really struggling to adjust to Um, so even though it might be something that we have acclimatized to as adults and we've kind of like you know a lot of people are saying they've kind of adjusted to working from home they don't know what working in an office feels like anymore (laughs) Um, I can't guarantee that your kids feel the same way Right, So I would advise parents to really be aware of your children's behavior, uh, mood and behavior. Pay attention for sharp changes, whether it's regards to how they behave, their sleeping and eating habits, their socializing, um, if they're starting to be hesitant over doing things they normally would enjoy. Any type of changes with regards to who they were before or during the lockdown is usually a, a red flag that they're not Um, adjusting well to something. Mm. Um, When it comes to going back to school, I would say, you know, send them back to school if you feel that it's safe. I mean, depending on how the parents feel about the protocols that, you know, the school is implementing, send them back to school, but be very aware of how they're responding in the initial days and the initial weeks. If you're noticing that they are, you know, if teachers are saying, you know, they're not really interacting with other kids very much, they don't want to get involved in play and learning and things like that, red flag so probably a point to have a conversation or to you know engage someone like myself to just to make sure if the kids are handling things okay
2: actually on that
1: because
2: mm-hmm. um, Bell and I have been talking about this because um, if you're a guy you probably watch a lot of football and then we know that uh, f- a lot of uh, football matches have been postponed and yep. when it does restart a lot of um, teens will have this rusty early adjustment period when they first come back for yep. kids when they first go back to school, um, of course, the, I'm. I'm pretty sure the premier students, the top twenty percent, will will just ease back into it because they they just study on their own. What about the rest when they try to readjust back into school life? Mm. Um, how much of a readjustment will they uh, potentially have to take? And how much um, mo- morale-wise? Because they maybe they're not learning as well. Maybe they had so much fun. Morale-wise, does it does it affect them?
1: absolutely and you know and and like I said earlier especially the ones who might have already had some type of learning issue going forward like if they had dyslexia or ADHD or something like that they are going to start um, school most likely behind in some ways because I've you know been working with a lot of families who have children with either of these conditions and they've had to exempt these children from online school because the kids just can't just can't keep up Um, so that means that there's a big possibility that these kids are learning either independently or with tutors and when they go back to school they're not going to be on the same playing field very likely to the other kids in the class and so you know there is like you said there's going to be a rusty period for a lot of kids probably with the exception of the really high-performing ones mm. who kind of just kept going, um, you know. And even then, they might struggle with regards to the, the new changes that the school is implementing. Um, a lot of schools that I've worked with have had to scrap um, checkpoint year examinations, which a lot of the kids were studying for before the lockdown happened. So I have a lot of my, you know, straight-A student clients who are, like, really upset that it was a pointless effort on their part, you know, so... Um, I think that it's going to be an adjustment period for all of them, but to varying degrees. So if you do have a child who is, you know, who who might have a learning issue or an emotional issue or who is struggling with kind of like catching up, you know, morale is going to be really affected because with kids, if they don't feel they can do something, they're less likely to persevere, Mm -hmm. right? Because their life experience is rather limited. They've only been on earth for a certain number of years. And so for them, if something doesn't work out, you're likely going to fail. As compared to adults who've been here for two, three, four, five decades, we know that if you don't do well in something, you'll survive, right? We'll probably move on. They don't have the ability to kind of think of that logically because of how limited their life experience has been thus far. And also the fact that unlike us, where we have multiple you know, we have work, we have home, we have friends, we have all these other stuff. So if one environment isn't really going as planned, if we're fighting with friends, or you got told off at work, we're not going to feel like the world's falling apart, because we have multiple other places where we function. With kids, it's literally home and school. Mm. And so when school isn't going as planned, they do tend to feel like the world's falling apart, because 50% of their world isn't going as planned. Yeah. So you know, keep an eye out for, you know, how your kid is taking to the changes and then just kind of make sure to be as supportive and as encouraging as you can be um, if you're noticing that they're getting a bit demotivated and sort of, you know, affected in that way.
0: Okay, but if parents are still a bit worried uh, about COVID-19 when the school reopens Mm -hmm. and they still want to keep their kids at home, what Mm -hmm. can they do to sort of keep their kids' mental health in check.
1: Mm. So I think you know the first thing is to be able to have um, to have the routines and structures still in place. So you know if you're choosing to keep your children at home when schools have reopened, that means that you're making an active choice to put them in a different. Um, sort of set up an environment to other children, right? So that means that they might have they might have friends who've gone back to school, but they're staying at home, and that could be a source of feeling left out, feeling isolated. So that's kind of the part that you want to mitigate. Mm. So. The routines and tr- structures are super important. Work with your school to ensure that your child is included, even though he or she is staying at home. Mm. Um, I, I'm I'm not really sure about what's happening here in Malaysia, but I do know that some schools with my clients in other countries, the schools have given parents the ability to decide whether they want to come back to school or not. Mm. And if they don't come back to school, they will be given access to online schools. So there is still that flexibility. So I would kind of, figure out what the school is offering um to ensure that your child is included as much as he or she can be um and then when it comes to ensuring that their mental health is kept sort of on an even keel is to make sure that you have routines and structures in place so for your children to know from this time to this time you're doing this kind of like they're in school they have a timetable to try to reduce the amount of um the amount of time where they're kind of left not really knowing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, Not to say that they're not supposed to get free time, but even free time should be in the schedule. Um, Because those, because gaps in sort of time, expecting them to kind of entertain themselves and organize themselves is where a lot of the frustration will start to come out. Mm. Um, And then also make sure to have Um, conversations with your kids. So I like to use meal times as sort of like a check-in time when you have kids. So just have a chat about what everyone's been up to. Be very aware of whether you're noticing certain changes in your children and then kind of go from there. Um, And of course, if you have concerns, you can always, you know, ask a pediatrician, ask your GP whether these changes are normal. And then if you're feeling really like you have a concern, there are people like myself who can actually help you address whether there are certain things that you need to be worried about Mm. um, or whether it's just kind of a temporary thing. Mm -hmm.
0: How about social growth? Their social Mm. growth, if we still continue to keep them at home, how do we Mm. maintain that?
1: Mm. It's it's definitely going to have some type of impact because you're kind of expecting them to learn how to so or to socialize via the screen essentially, right? Um, but I say to parents that having the screen is better than nothing. Um, so we will probably have to. Um, <laughs> um, Min, um,
0: can you can you come back in in ten minutes? Yeah. Do yeah. you want to just
1: message me? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All Bye. right. Okay. Bye. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, so I would I would say to ensure that your children has as much peer interaction as possible. I think now with the RMCO, there have been a lot, uh, there have been some restrictions that have been loosened. Mm-hmm. Right? So you could essentially look into what they are and see if there's a way to ensure that your kids can maybe meet up with one friend in a safer environment. Um, I, I've had some parents who said that they've allowed their their children to invite one of their best friends over to play FIFA, but they sit in opposite sides of the room. <laughs> um, and everyone's in gloves and masks, you know. But it's, you know, with boys, it's, so long as they have a console, they're good, you know. Um, so I think that it's really important to ensure that kids get peer interactions. Mm. Even though they're at home with you and, you know, your extended family members, that's not going to be the same. Mm. So try to make, try to find a way to ensure that your kids have peer interaction. So if you're not comfortable having them meet people at this stage, then use technology to its fullest to ensure that your kids can still engage. And there's a lot of like platforms where they can, you know, watch TV shows together. They can play games together all on, on, um, these conferencing platforms and kind of use that to, to ensure that your kids are keeping in touch with kids their own age.
0: All right, now Katiana. Lastly, any other advice that you can give to parents out there about keeping our children sane but happy? You know, in this unprecedented times.
1: Mm first piece of advice that I'm telling parents is to first make sure that you are all of those things, right? (laughs) Because like the analogy we said earlier, the kids do look to you in terms of how to conduct themselves and how to respond to what's happening. So, if you feel like you're burning the candle on both ends, you need to make sure that you find time for yourself. So, make sure you get breaks during the day, swap out with your partner, make sure you have at least 30 minutes where you can sit down and watch half an episode of A drama. <laughs> that's your thing, And just recharge your batteries. So that's super important. Parents need to make sure that they're kind of doing okay. Um, and the second thing with kids is to, you know, maintain normalcy. Um, they need to kind of know that we are, you know, trying really hard to go back to some semblance of normal from before all of this was. So don't kind of give your kids... So one of, for example, one of the things I'm dealing with a lot now is parents have kind of given their kids... Um, complete access to tablets and devices oh no time. that's me <laughs> with no time restrictions and you know what i'm like to each his own but i guarantee you that when the lockdown is over and you want to start pulling back on that you're gonna have a lot of resistance yeah. um so i would tell parents to kind of stick to the rules you had before the mco the things you want and you don't want your kids to do stick to it don't make it like a special time where you can kind of go against it mm-hmm. um and then kind of go from there, but to you know, but but generally we don't have a we don't have a user manual on how to navigate this time, um, so everyone's kind of taking it a day at a time. Even us as therapists, we have pretty much all agreed that we can't give people um, assurances on where we're going to be in five weeks or in five days. So to take things one day at a time, stick to normalcy and make sure everyone practices enough sort of self-love and taking care of themselves. Um, and I think that's a pretty good recipe <laughs> moving forward.
2: Actually, on a tab thing though, how do you do that? I mean, like right now, because... Before MCO, oh, you yeah. only have a certain amount of time on the tab. And then yeah. MCO, like, well, now it's, like, full on. Yes. But b- do yes. you start to to pull it back or do you just do it cold turkey?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Don't do it cold turkey, especially for little kids. If you're doing it cold turkey, you are going to have temper tantrums up to your eyeballs. I promise. <laughs> um, so what I'm what I'm telling parents to do is to wean off, right? Mm. And how you can wean off is to start substituting. So if, they, if they're currently getting, like, say, six hours of, Tablet time Right Then what you want to do Is for one week Kind of target Five hours And that one hour Difference You substitute With something Non-tablet related um, And then once You're seeing them Adjust well to that You can kind of Go down to four And then three So kind of do it Very very slowly um, And and then kind of Go from there When you have When you have Younger children If they're throwing A temper tantrum Distraction is a good thing Try to divert Their attention To another activity um, And then that Will kind of help With older children children what you can do is start to implement something like a token system so they can work towards um what i like to call time cards which then go towards how much time they get on the tablet mm. so you can start doing things like you know if you've completed your online schooling work for today you get a 20 minute time card which then goes towards your tablet mm. and then at, at a lot of time every day they get to then calculate how many time butter trading. Like trading yeah um, so this is something that you can do with older children to kind of motivate them to get into the swing of going to school, doing chores, doing homework, doing all that. But with younger children, definitely wean them off. Don't take it cold turkey because I feel so bad for the parents who are going to have <laughs> no balance to deal with. Um, so yeah.
2: I'm actually looking at Katiana. is like you're saying like Wait, if you did it to me, even I would feel stressed <laughs> out. if anybody did cold turkey anything to me,
0: I will cross that bridge when I get there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think you know Like all of us Like one of the things That was Probably not something I should be saying on radio But one of the things That I remember struggling with Was having to get dressed To come to the office a lot of people were doing like the formal clothes up here and then sweatpants, right? Oh, exactly. So, yeah, <laughs> so that was my uniform during the MCO and then coming back to work and having to look like a grown-up was a real challenge.
0: <laughs> I was, we were working from home until t- this week, actually. Oh, so okay. yeah, previously I was like, it's what matters on the... is what the top that matters. Exactly. <laughs> but
2: the danger w- was at some point, I just didn't care what was on top as well. I was just going with it, man. I didn't care. I don't know.